Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Welcome to Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Ref. Um, I don't know what number it is. Six. I don't know. Uh, and uh, it's all go. It's, this is. It's been a bit cursed. The uh, podcast this year. Three of them have gone wrong at the desk. Uh, we managed to recover them all, one way or another. And uh, yesterday, our main guest didn't turn up. Brendan Burns. Uh, he was uh, asleep. <laughs> At two o'clock in the afternoon, what a life comedian's lead, eh? Uh, he's very apologetic about it. We're going to have him back as a guest uh, next week. If he lets me down again, I am going to hunt him down and kill him. Uh, but uh, so, so, so it's sort of odd because I've spent like, years mocking Jesus and God and no retribution has come back at all. Uh, but in the first one of these podcasts, I mocked Stuart Lee. And then for the next, <laughs> which makes me very, very nervous indeed. In fact, last night I was doing um, my Talking Cock show, 8.15 at the Underbelly. Uh, and um, uh, kind of midway through, this sort of plane, I could hear this plane noise kind of approaching. It seemed really, really low. And then it was coming right for Bristow Square. And it was like literally, it seemed to be just about to come. And I've never experienced this. I, I don't think I've even noticed this happening before. Uh, and I, I visibly kind of went, ah! <laughs> it really just went off raging. And it really felt like it was going to crash into Bristow Square. And I wondered if it was some kind of fundamentalist Stuart Lee fan had hijacked an easy jet in order to take take a stay. It turned out to be a part of the the tattoo. It happens all the time. But it's quite annoying when you're in a, a venue that is essentially a tent uh, and has no soundproofing. So look out for that. I've, I've, been, I've been quite ill, so I'm, quite, I'm actually quite pleased. I thought I could, even before I went on the show, I thought there's a danger if, you know, if I was to uh, relax my sphincter. <laughs> That there may be, you know, there may be an unpleasant smell, but there may be a worse. And so I was kind of, you know, genuinely thought I was about to be blown up by a. Would terrorists ever attack Bristow Square? I don't know. The other belly deserves to be taken out, I think. So uh, <laughs> it'd be good if it. I have been ill. I've not been very well. I'm kind of, I think I'm on the mend. Though the night before last, I did a fart when I was asleep that was so bad, I woke myself up. That is. <laughs> obviously, I woke my wife up. She was, uh, she was annoyed. But I, I, to actually. You know, usually if I fired in my sleep, that would be just a lovely little accompaniment, a beautiful aroma to help me through, through my sleep. But uh, it woke me up, so I've not been very well. Um, so, you know, made a mistake sitting in the front row, is all I'm saying. Or depending, depending on your proclivities, it might be a wonderful, you might enjoy that Cliff Smack from uh, Count the Star of Countdown, one episode. How are you doing? Oh, good, yeah, good to see you. Uh, and... Uh, I tried to get to know my audience individually, which on a night to day like today, an afternoon like today, is pretty easy. I think we could get around. <laughs> I might just bin Lucy Porter and talk to everyone individually. What's your name, madam? Claire. Claire, how are you doing? Have you been to the uh, Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast or a heft before? No one did it. You haven't been before. What brought what brought you down here today? Oh, your friend. What brought you down here? You've been before. So that's good. Isn't it? If everyone just did that. <laughs> What a wonderful world it would be. The podcast is sponsored by GoFasterStripe.com, where you can buy some fantastic DVDs, for including one from our, our guest today uh, and some from me. Uh, and uh, if we'd be fantastic if you enjoying these at home, if you were to go there and at least have a look around at the, their wares, uh, but buy some stuff. They're not paying anything to sponsor us, but they're giving us some free DVDs. Later on, you'll have a chance to win 
Uh, Lucy Porter's The the Good Life on DVD. Look at that. Not bad. That's not yet. Someone very excited. Uh, Stuart Lee, Night is Comedian. I'm just trying to appease the Stuart Lee gods. <laughs> A brilliant, one of the best uh, stand-up shows of all time. Rich Terring's Oh Fuck, I'm 40. Five years old, unbelievably. Uh, for all the good things, you have to have something bad. So Andrew Collins, where... <laughs> we can't, where did it all go right? I'm actually running out of those, so, uh, you know, that is like... It's kind of like gold dust, but gold dust where there is like a warehouse full of it in Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, Elliot Lyons' book, we had no, needs no introduction. And of course, Ewan McInnes' book. Yay. Yeah, one more The bloke who was in yesterday, though. I mean, is that, are people listening to these? Uh, the, are you coming along? Have you listened to any of the previous ones? Yeah. Yes. Well, you have, Cliff. You're a nut. Uh, <laughs> good. They've been going all right, haven't they? Yeah, they've been all right. Uh, so, good. Well, I've really whipped everyone up into, uh, <laughs> into a fantastic state of arousal, which is a good thing. Uh, so, uh, uh, well, hopefully, Lucy will talk a lot, because I'm, I'm a slightly delicate. Uh, not that she's not delicate. I mean, I'm just, I'm physically delicate. Um, oh, God, that sounds even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very well, is what I'm trying to say. Will you please welcome my guest today? You may know her from... Oh, I can't think of anything rubbish she's done. <laughs> That's a show. I usually like to introduce them as something... There's nothing rubbish you've done. She used to write for Mrs. Merton. That's a good thing. I used to write for Turner. You, she used to write for Anthea Turner. <laughs> Will you please welcome little Lucy Porter, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Lucy Porter. Oh, boss. Everything's. I've, not, I've knocked over my Andrew Collins CDDV. <laughs> oh, it's all going wrong today. Aww. I knew it would. How are you, Lucy? I'm really well. I'm sorry oh, to hear about your guts. You. I, yeah. I, it's really. That has turned my stomach. It's horrible. Yeah. You know, I, it's like when you fart and then it just. It's like, a, well, as, as uh, Frank Skinner, I'm con fond, fond of quoting, it hangs around you like an ermine cloak <laughs> and it just won't dissipate at all. Oh, I We're in quite a small that. flat and, like, you know, if we shut the bedroom doors, it's almost like a cupboard. Oh. And I think. I think I could gas my wife to death. This could be the, this could be the way out, back to freedom, an Edinburgh of freedom. Uh, whilst I'm, I'm here in this podcast, I'm allowed to have sex with anyone I want, by the way. That is uh, the rule that I have with my wife. Do you know, on well, the on the many years that we shared a flat, that never happened, did it? It didn't. So it's it very unlikely to happen so today. So today is the time for it, <laughs> to make up for lost time. We I did, don't we remember you guffing unpleasantly in the years that we shared. I remember many unpleasant things about you, but not, <laughs> not well, that. No, it's, it's, I think it is an ill I think I am ill I think that I, God, I, God look, I hope actually, it is you don't look brilliant I know I'm, I'm on the mend I think but uh, I think I'm at there's something deeply wrong <laughs> inside me hopefully not too deeply wrong or this it'd be, it'd be nice to think this you know last run of podcasts is my, my, my swan song <laughs> And sadly, Richard Herring shortly died. He died. I died of fart cancer. My actual, my, my actual farts have cancer. It's not. I should be able to get them all out and be certain beasts, but they're all just still in. They won't just won't abate. Uh, but I think we're okay today. I did backstage when Peacock and Gamble were on. I did a really bad one, and then Jerry, the sound technician, came in, and uh, Ray Peacock felt the need to say it wasn't him that had done it. It was that. It was that bad. He was, and he's not ashamed of anything. I would have pinned it on him. <laughs> yeah, than you, it, was, it looked like he looks like the kind of bloke who would do just disgusting farts. Well, all the he, time. do you know? I remember talking about flat sharing. I remember when Sarah Kendall was sharing a flat with Ross Noble, and he used to eat entirely big packets of ham. You know, like just reformed ham. <laughs> and apparently that was quite. 
yeah. you know, I well, mean, pungent. I think if you just eat one thing, that probably, and nothing else, <laughs> that will probably, I don't know, I'm no doctor. <laughs> but I think, I'd like to feel I know a lot about farts. Uh, that's that's can where, that's, that's where the world of medicine and comedy interlap. <laughs> uh, yes, we can move on. How are you doing? Yeah, good. First time you've been in Edinburgh for a couple of years? Yeah. What I have you been up to? What happened? Where did well, you? Well, uh, you know, what, uh, you I have been banging out children Ooh. like, uh, yeah, I've really... Thank God it was banging out. Uh, <laughs> 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 this, tra- this podcast does attract quite a lot of paedophiles. <laughs> which I, you know, and people think that's a bad thing, but, you know, if, you, if I'm entertaining them, then A, then that's, they're keeping, keeping them out them of trouble. The street, but yeah. maybe, if, maybe if they can laugh, they will stop doing the... <laughs> and male and female. Margaret is a paedophile. She's not here today. She's been kind of trying to pick up... <laughs> Pick up young men oh, in the I podcast. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. That she's been trying to so, pick up. So uh, you know, boys. so it's nice to because you know, usually you just hear about the male paedophiles, but there are female ones as well. Yeah. It's like it's like I, the Olympics. Well, you know, finally the women are being represented. Are. And like and like Edinburgh Fringe comedy. It's like you yes. know, people say people always go on and on about how men are the best at being paedophiles, <laughs> but women can do it as well. <laughs> It's They're just a media. Th- it's a media thing, Richard. <laughs> they just constantly write about it. There are loads of brilliant women paedophiles out there. <laughs> We're just doing our best, you know. So farts and paedophiles. We're doing. We started well with Lisa. She's so sweet and lovely, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to make her say disgusting things. It's oh, good, isn't well. it? Uh, it's good. But so how is how? Because you, you, your husband is incredibly tall, the yes. tallest comedian, and I would say you were. In the bottom one percent of smallest <laughs> comedians, me, Susan Cowman, <laughs> Joe Enright, he's banged us all. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and uh, what I want to know is, uh, what size are the children? The children so are normal size. Normal They're keeping size. us guessing. Well, we've got a boy and a girl, and we thought it would be quite nice to have a tiny boy and a massive girl. That's what I was thinking. Because <laughs> that's just funny. Isn't it, it would be so, brilliant. Yeah. And I was talking to Sarah about, it and you could go out and do a sort of show together. It would not quite. I'm not saying that that you are you and Justin are freaks, <laughs> but it would be quite freaky to have like just a very Tall, and then you could use that and make money out of it. Would you? Would you, could you consider yeah. doing that? Taking your yeah, I mean, you I should would have some more children and try and because if they're just averaging out, that's no fun. Oh, well, do you know, at my age, I think banging out anything else <laughs> is going to be uh, it's going to be hard work. But yeah, no, it's, it is like. I always forget how ridiculous we look together. I did um, Mock the Week with Greg Davis, and there was a bit where he hugged me, and everyone kind of went, oh, it's so funny. Oh, the big man hugging you. And I'm like, yeah, that is every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh. no, the, um, the best thing is our wedding photographs. Like, you know, people come around, they say, oh, can I see your wedding photographs? And everyone looks at our wedding photographs and just goes... <laughs> <laughs> the best ones is the, the ones where, you know, like they do the bit as, as at your gorgeous mm, wedding. Yeah. Um, they do the bit where they get you and your groom to stand there, and then they put your families either side of you and those are the best ones because you've got like Justin's family are all like him they're sort of tall and they're blonde and they're they're sort of quite posh and lovely and then my family are just like these furious tiny little angry looking Celts (laughs) it really is I I say it's like um, it looks like some sort of Victorian explorer's notebook (laughs) (laughs) just imagine the caption we pacified the natives by giving (laughs) gifts of beads and lace to the chief's daughter like a a Lord of the Rings kind of wedding between <laughs> <to> f- <laughs> the elves and the giants have come together, Romeo and Juliet. Our hairy little toes poking <laughs> out. Because they? Well, they put me on a box at one point. The photographer went, this isn't working, we're going to have to put you on a box. And so then, but then a lot of the photos, the box is in shot. And, I mean, <laughs> uh, you have to laugh about it. You do it, have though. to you laugh. You do have to laugh about the freakish nature of our Cranky's tribute act style. <laughs> it's the wonderful no, it's diversity of human appearance. Well, it is. It is, is a and wonder- hopefully we are just sort of, you know, evening out Mother Nature's mistakes and the children <laughs> will be gloriously normal. And, uh, and normal, hopefully, physically and mentally. Yeah. As well, because I'm very neurotic and Justin's very not. Yeah. 
uh, he, he's emotionless is what I'm, I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think if we can find a happy medium between those two as well, that'd That's be great. Good. It's good that you're trying to breed a master race of normal people. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. like you're the anti-Hitler. Well, you, I mean, absolutely, you and Katie, I think that's an interesting... I'm going to be looking forward to... Uh, <laughs> we're going to run a sweep on whether they're going to be sort of small and hairy or lovely and willowy and gorgeous like Katie, yeah. so... I bet that. My genes are strong. My genes, my genes are going to fight through whatever she's got. <laughs> Their farts will be horrific. <laughs> the midwife passes out as your child farts its way out of Katie. LAUGHTER <laughs> Sarah told us she did a poo while she was having uh, having her, her baby. Everyone does and, that, uh, and that uh, Henry caught it. <laughs> and, uh, that is love. Isn't uh, it? Yeah, that I is thought, love. yeah. No, it's, it didn't happen to me the first time, and I was like, and because Sarah and I had kids about the same time, and she said I shat myself, and I was like, ah, loser. <laughs> and then the second time, I pooed on my own feet. <laughs> uh, uh, please, actually, can we cut that out? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> really it's too fiddly to cut that out. I'm not going <laughs> oh. back. Oh, <laughs> my mum will. It's awful with things on the internet now because my mum, she finds them yeah. and she hears them and then she's disappointed. You haven't got a, you haven't got the you pooing on your own feet on the internet somewhere because that, <laughs> there'll be people who'd be interested in that. <laughs> I would not have had a video. There was um, a thing the other day about people who have video crews at the birth. It's sort of because it, it was popular in the 70s and then people realized it was a terrible idea. <laughs> and then it's come back in again, but I would yeah, no, it was awful. It's all it's such an awful business. It really is. It's just I, like horrific stuff. Yeah. And uh yeah, I I cuz we like Justin took a photo of me on my phone uh just after I gave him birth and I it, it, although it's a lovely joyful moment that you should treasure forever, I deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. It's not. No one is seeing that. Oh, awful. You, you can remember it and remember it in a nice way. I remember it as the awful, awful <laughs> thing because I done. I did um, hypnotherapy. I thought it was going to be amazing uh, the first time. So I did all this hypnotherapy. I got it was about three hundred quid. I paid this bloke to. He, he said you've got to visualise a blue balloon when you get your first contraction when you go into labour. You've got to visualise a blue balloon, and then as it gets more painful, you imagine the blue balloon expanding, and then when you think you can't cope anymore with the pain. You imagine the blue balloon floating away and surrender yourself to a higher power. And sure enough, when I gave birth, the first contraction, I pictured the blue balloon. And then I just imagined 300 pounds floating away <laughs> as I surrendered myself to the higher power of the epidural. Because that, that was the thing <laughs> that got me through. And then second time, I didn't even, you know, within seconds, I was going, please drug me immediately. It's such a, it's such a weird thing having a baby, make, creating another human being. I can't quite get my head around it out of yourself. Well, Does that ever freak you out? Really think I made that human being. They, it is amazing, and especially because they look like Justin. Especially my daughter looks exactly like Justin, and it's like Justin in a little girl's body. <laughs> and again, let's just clarify. <laughs> say, <laughs> I feel we're treading on eggshells somewhat here, but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, that is really. It's also it's just weird because like because I've t I've taken two years off Edinburgh, and I sort of thought, my God, you know, it, it's I've created two human lives I've been away and it, and then you come back to Edinburgh and it's everything's still exactly the same like, <laughs> you know the trams I was going oh the trams will be up and running and all that no, nothing, <laughs> nothing nothing like down it. there no and uh, but yeah it just uh, it's strange because you do it and you think your life has completely changed and then you you know it's really weird when you go back to doing the same things you've always done like
like coming back to Edinburgh, it's even though I've got the two kids with me, and it's, I mean, it's slightly different because obviously, you know, I, I was awake at four o'clock this morning, but not drunk or <laughs> drugged or, you know, I was awake with a screaming child. And it is, it's, so it's different, but it's in some ways exactly the same. Yeah, good. And so everyone from our, from our we, we shared a flat for about four years, mm. and it was you, me, and Sarah Kendall, and Justin, and Henry, Sarah. We've all kind of ended up getting married to the people from that <laughs> flat. It's like a magical flat of marriage. In well, the yeah, Katie's kind of been sort of brought in from yeah. the outside. Yeah, we still don't in. fully trust her. No, she isn't. She's not one of us. But I, don't, so. I don't fully trust her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because she was in the flat. Like, yeah, I mean, who else? I'm trying to think of who else. Kind of, there, there were ones who dropped in and out. Danielle yeah. Ward yeah. and Danny Robbins, they haven't oh, got yeah. together. They haven't. They should. They've they, let us down. They should. Uh, but yeah, no, because Justin and I, yeah, we were friends for years, and uh, and it was either you or him. Yeah, that's why. That's why. So, uh, <laughs> I think I can pinpoint a moment where it could have been me, and then you went, no. Nah. I remember. I, I remember once in Brookvale where you kind of lay down on me to sort of see what it would be like to hug me, and then you got up and went. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so then, no, that was it. But imagine if I just hadn't just farted just for the moment. You were lying imagine down, if that you'd could been, have been a different man in time. We should do a film of that where sliding doors, sort of sliding yeah, doors yeah, of yeah. the different, the different world. It'd be it would have sliding been. doors, but Justin would keep hitting his head on the doors. <laughs> that would be the because he does. He's, uh, it's brilliant. Our flat has got like it's a really it's a lovely flat. Our flat, but it's that we're renting up here. Yeah. But it's got like this little sort of bit where you have to go in. It's got a dishwasher, which we don't have at home, so oh, we're very right. excited. But Justin keeps hitting his head on the, the, <laughs> the thing going into the dishwasher. And I just, I cannot stop finding it funny. It's really, <laughs> it's awful because he really hurts himself as well. But it's hilarious, just the, <laughs> the constant physical comedy of it. <laughs> it's, uh, my flat's uh, still, the heating's still not been fixed. Oh, do you know, well, we've got, but we arrived in our flat. Because I've always been trying to recreate. The first time I came to Edinburgh, I was, I'd won a competition in Time Out magazine to be on the Perrier award panel and uh, so I was staying like 18 years old really excited to be in Edinburgh and I was staying in this house in the new town that belonged to a couple of barristers and it had an, it had a lift in the house right <laughs> it had a jacuzzi on the roof wow it's the most amazing place I've ever been in my life and it, it's like I have constantly just been trying to recreate or <laughs> just get anywhere near that and this year our flat is really lovely yeah. and it was like quite a bargain I was like oh god that's amazing and mm. then of course the day when we moved in the building work starts ah, yes. next door so it's kind of yeah it's still I've still not got there so you were a Perrier judge. That's an interesting little tip snippet I'd forgotten about. Who, which year was that? It was 91 or 92. 91 I can't remember 92. now. But oh, it was quite a long time ago. In the last who millennium. Won, who won certainly. that one? Uh, it was Steve Coogan and John Thompson. Oh, yeah. So it was 92, I think, because that was when we, did, we were doing the dumb show with that year. And you which didn't, didn't win anything. didn't get nominated no. or win. That was now I fault. know who to blame. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't... I believe right because I, I was a big comedy fangirl and the, the way that I, I got to be on the Perry panel was I had to write an essay about comedy and I had a friend who had got off with Vic Reeves in a toilet <laughs> and, um, and so I wrote this essay which was all about sort of which comedians I'd get off with in which room of the house and it was really it was ridiculous but um, but so I mean I was a massive comedy fangirl and then came up and uh, and was I, I thought comedians were lovely because of course what I didn't realize was that they knew I was on the Perry panel and they were all just so not every 
everyone was so nice to me. And again, like being in the brilliant house, <laughs> I've always wanted comedians to be as nice to me as they were that first year. There was one, I won't say who it is, but um, he, who was in the running for the um, for the award. And he uh, he tried to get off with me. He got me really, really drunk. I had about like five pints of Guinness, which when you're my size is, is a lot. And um, and then he took me back to his, his rented flat and uh, he was about to try and get off with me. And then I threw up <laughs> Guinness every, and it was like black sick and it went all over it like he had a cream carpet and of course you know the amount you pay to rent flats in Edinburgh during yeah. the festival so any thought of getting off with me was then completely abandoned <laughs> with him trying to get this sick out of the carpet and then he uh, pushed me out the door wow. and uh, so he didn't win the award didn't win yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a big risk to take though by you know getting off with one of the judges because you then would have to also you'd be aware you'd been rated on your sexual performance and, <laughs> and your post-sexual performance he'd have to have make fantastic love to you and then still be nice to you at least until the awards came out yeah 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 yeah. yeah. No, I mean I, well, I, I, I sort of think there are enough comedians though who would get off with it and it'd be really interesting just put someone on the Perrier panel <laughs> who is absolutely physically repulsive <laughs> and just and just kind of go how many comedians will get off with them loads wow. but that's like the, pr- the plot of the quite rubbish film uh, is it what's it called the physical fringe or something no that's Festival. Oh, festival, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, more or yeah. less that, that the, the, the woman on the panel is, I think, getting off with one of the comedians. Am I right? There's a journalist. Stephen Mangan plays That's Steve right. Coogan yeah, in yeah, it, yeah. so there you go. <laughs> Uh, unofficially, it's very bad and un- well, unreal. Well, I auditioned film. to be in that. I Did auditioned you? to be Lucy Punch. Oh yeah, they yeah. got the wrong Lucy P. In my opinion, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and I auditioned to be in it, and it was that you know reading the character breakdown of she's a ruthlessly ambitious, horrible female comedian. And I was like, yes. this is the part I was born to play, surely, <laughs> but, uh, but but didn't get it. Thank it was you. it was a very it's a very bad. Uh, I think when you love the festival as much as we do, then you kind of you no film about it could ever kind of just do it justice. Wasn't, it? it wasn't even anywhere near true. Like someone turns up on the first day and then they're told they're at the, their shift, that their spot's going to be at a different time. They have to reprint their posters and stuff like that. And people, t- you know, it's just it's not even realistic. It's just you would never get moved. Like you would never arrive and they go, "Oh no, you're on at four o'clock now, not what two o'clock." Wasn't there that thing though where Just the Tonic had to move into like a, a temporarily built? That's tent different. Thing. Than okay. someone moving your slot in the same venue. <laughs> Sorry, the people aren't as interested in the film festivals. No. <laughs> and fuck you, it's my podcast. I'll talk about what I like. <laughs> Did you ever get nominated for the Perrier Award Comedy Award Not yourself? Not close. No, 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 no. I've never really troubled awards uh, very Tell much. me about it. Tell me. Yeah, about but then it's quite. I don't know. You see, this is the thing. Like this year, I do feel finally I've kind of. I don't give a fuck about anything you know like sort of reviews or that yeah. sort of thing I mean you just kind of get it's being at the stand is really lovely because you are a bit uh, sort of immune from the whole festival thing because you're just it's just a lovely venue that you go to all year round yeah. and it's fine what time are you you're on here in the stand one I'm here right here this you're is in where the, on I this stage this this and uh, uh, quarter past five. Quarter past five. And it's nice because I see Simon Munnery coming out of his show every day. Yeah. And then I see, see Phil Jupiter going into his at the end. Yeah, that's quite sweet. It's it, quite is, nice. it is fun, Dan. And what's the show about this year? It's uh, it's about friendship. It's called People Person. It's got a bit too much stuff about uh, childbirth in it. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest, uh, that's being whittled away a bit. But it's because I came to write the show and I thought, oh, I'm not going to write anything about kids because no one likes that. And then I realised that I have done nothing else for two <laughs> years. I've literally done nothing else. So, uh, but there's lots of stuff. There's a bit of stuff about Argos in it. There's some stuff about daytime telly. There's mm. uh, 
you know, I don't, I'm never very good at selling my shows. <laughs> no, but people aren't generally when they come on this. Everyone kind of skirts over this, the, the show bit very quickly, I've noticed. But the thing is, you Which do is sort of, like, because I think it's the best show I've ever done. But then you kind of have to, don't you? Yes. It's only in hindsight, because I've done so <laughs> many now. And there have been, there was one year when I knew that my show was a bit shit. And that was really depressing. Which year was that? It was about four or five years ago. Nasty. And I'd just been busy and I just kind of, you know, I just hadn't really got my head around it at all. Yeah. And then that was that was really depressing. But other than that, you sort of, yeah. I mean, this year I think I've definitely, I've worked hard. Well, you've I had like two it. years off, had time to come up with some stuff. Exactly, I've been doing nothing, no, let's nothing face it. Do, so, yeah, you know, I've had ample <laughs> leisure time. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think it's very good. I mean, you know. uh, and what did you do before you were a comedian? That's what I asked. That. Did you do any proper jobs? No, I did proper jobs, yeah. Well, I did lots of temping and, um, you know, awful jobs. Wor- I worked in a sugar factory in Eccles. What did you? Uh, where I had to test batches of sugar when they came in to be packed. And uh, I like to think that I maybe poisoned people in the Manchester area <laughs> by not knowing what... I didn't know what to look for. I was, <laughs> I'm not a chemist. Uh, I did lots of data entry things. And then my main job that I did for about seven or eight years before I started doing comedy was uh, I was a TV researcher. Oh, yes. So I used to work for well the Mrs. Merton show initially, which was lovely, and then Richard and Judy, uh, where she was lovely. And <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I was kind what of... What did Richard Maidley do to you to make you not like oh, him? No, I, he was nice enough, but he's just... I mean, it was it, you did have to face it. If you did an item on the show that didn't go well, then you did have to do the walk of shame up to Richard Maidley, where he would, in a sort of slightly patronising, avuncular way, <laughs> tell you you're a dick. And it was, ju- yeah, it was just sort of, yeah, it was always slightly. And I, there was one time where I booked um, this wo- Kate Jackson, who was one of Charlie's angels, oh, yeah. and she um, had th- she'd adopted a child, and it turned out they found out that the child's uh, biological dad was a murderer was on death row and so she'd been doing like interviews about this and yeah. I thought oh, that's quite an interesting human interest story <laughs> and she was in Charlie's Angels you know and of course she came on the show and she she, she kind of wouldn't talk about it and it's one of those things you know where you book celebrities and they go yeah actually I don't really want to talk about Charlie's Angels or about the child I've adopted and like well why the <laughs> fuck are you here then what's the point of that and um, and it was really awful and Richard Madeley because he hadn't wanted it to happen anyway because he he said no one's heard of Kate Jackson and he made me go out <laughs> in the corridor in Granada television and stop the first 10 people we saw and say who is Kate Jackson and of course no, you know no one in context people might have known yeah but out of context they were all going I don't know does she work in graphics she, <laughs> she's in the canteen and it was yeah it was like that sort of that was the kind of thing about about working for Richard and Judy was it was it was like incredibly it felt incredibly tense and everyone was running around and it was all really sort of high drama and then you know you'd watch the show and it's like Linda Barker shows you how to brighten up your bathrooms and here's a woman whose womb fell out in Debenhams and you're like <laughs> <laughs> we have broken our hearts trying to make this show it really so uh, it's nice, yeah. Stand up is nice. We were obsessed. I mean, we did. Me and Stu did do a show called This Morning, Richard, not Judy. Yes. But we used to watch This Morning every, every day. I mean, we just basically didn't do any work. We'd watch This Morning <laughs> in the morning uh, to see if they were, could get. I and mean, this is what Little Britain did as well. Apparently, they just watched This Morning and basically took characters off uh, that and Jeremy Carl and whatever else was on in the in the morning. Uh, and then we watched Neighbours at, at lunchtime. <laughs> then usually, what Going for Gold or whatever followed. <laughs> Turnabout, we were quite. Did you <laughs> work on Turnabout? Rob Curling. I, I met, I met I Rob, Curling. Rob Curling. We used to go about Rob Curling all the time, and I met him about six months ago for the first time, and he was really excited to meet me because we talked to him about him so much. <laughs> I said, "Is there another Turnabout?" Was great. You remember Turnabout? Yeah. Yeah. Cliff said, "Do you ever go on Turnabout, Cliff?" Uh, I was, I was a teenager, 
Mm, that's all right. It doesn't stop the teenagers going camp. They would have loved then. that. As a TV researcher, I would have been, what, there's a teenager who wants to be on our show. Brilliant. Stu used to write to Rob Curling every day as in sort of character, like seriously, all the time, furiously complaining about his, uh, his him being impartial, not his, his lack of partiality <laughs> in the gym, which wasn't even true, but he was sort of, he would make up that Rob Curling was favouring different contestants. <laughs> We, so we wasted a lot of time. She also wrote a like a, a comical song we, for Fry and Laurie. Mm-hmm. You know, Laurie would often um, do like a song, mm-hmm. and that we thought they were really shit. Uh, and so we would. He wrote a, ri- a parody song that he sent into <laughs> to Hugh Laurie for that. It would be great if he'd got if we could the find out if he ever got it. No, it was this was for, this was for Fry and Laurie. So it was. It was I don't. Know what it's, I can't remember what it was about, but it was like really just terrible. But the idea that now if Hugh Laurie still had that and then could put two and two together and find out it was Stuart Lee. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of hoped that they might just do it accidentally, thinking it was genuine, but he didn't. He didn't. But there, there we go. We used to waste a lot of time. We also wrote to... Um, a, there, was a, there was an advert for uh, someone to, be, to do the, something in computers in a porn mag. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and we wrote a letter kind of in the style of a porn mag, going, although I have no... You know, interested in I can't I don't I can't do the uh, computing stuff, but <laughs> I can't remember what we did now. I wish I hadn't I wish I hadn't started the you story. Had a lot of time. Uh, but uh, but we. It we is. Though, I mean, the curse of being stand up though is that I mean a lot of us do talk about daytime television. I've got a thing about uh, saints and scroungers uh, in my show this right. year, which if you've never seen, is is presented by Dom Littlewood, the Cockney Gollum, who is on <laughs> everything. And uh, I became quite obsessed with it when I was off on maternity leave. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a kind of big chunk of my show that's about that as well. Well, I, when we shared a flat, I, me and Sarah, well, Sarah would watch me watching Challenge TV all day, <laughs> basically, but I would just stay in the afternoon watching Challenge TV. But the Bullseye, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I know Bullseye is kind of well-worked comic territory, but it is still brilliant, because I still watch... They did one the other day where... Yeah, like, the Star Prize, as I remembered it, as Peter Kay always remembered it, was, was a speedboat and mm. all that. But uh, there was one the other day where they had these two... I mean, talk about me and Justin being physically mismatched. They had this pair on and it was a massive bloke and then a really tiny bloke who had a kind of like a bit of a limp and they um they won the star prize which never happens and it was a uh, it was a wardrobe makeover session <laughs> <laughs> and it's the best thing i've ever seen because they had a male model walking around in all the clothes that these two would be wearing and then they just looked on in horror it was it's brilliant but yeah pause. and also because the um because i used to work on uh, as well as rich and judy i used to work on catchphrase oh my god but when it was presented by Nick Weir. Oh, yeah, he broke his leg. He <laughs> fell down the stairs he and did. broke his leg in the first episode. And my job on that was... Uh, what do you... Who doesn't know that? <laughs> it who was does? funny. I mean, again, in the same way I enjoy Justin smacking his head off He was... What happened to him? Because he was, he was sort of like... He was a bit like a cross between Michael Barron... He was a like Michael Barrymore kind of uh, in-your-face kind of over-the-top. Yeah, audience... Inter- well, he comes from the cruise ships. Did he? And uh, the, the lady who ran Grenard's television had gone on a cruise and had seen this bloke <laughs> on the cruise ships and gone, he's amazing! And you just go, how many cocktails did you have <laughs> at that point? Cause, I mean, he was good. He was a good presenter. I'm not saying he wasn't, no, he but wasn't. he wasn't, you know. Uh, but I think they wanted, because it was after Barrymore's gay shame. Right. So uh, I think they wanted a sort of new Barrymore. But uh, but it was the, the, my job on that was I had to do the contestant interviews where the brilliant bit at the beginning where they say, I believe you've got a funny story about when you met Les Dennis. And uh, I, so you groom your, your person. Yeah. And uh, they always get it wrong. Oh, wait, people are fucking idiots. You just sort yeah. of... 
you know, you get, you get, it's a perfectly straightforward story. You know, I was in the supermarket, Les Dennis came in and he was buying sausages. <laughs> Yay. And then Nick Weir will make a quip that I had to write. And then <laughs> you get them on and uh, they go, I believe you met Les Dennis. And they go, yeah, um, he, he bought a, a bag of carrots. And you're like, where were the carrots? Where the fuck were the carrots when you were talking to me? It was sausages. We've got a sausage joke. <laughs> Bloody catchphrase contestants. Bloody, bloody people. Bloody idiots. So I'm asking all of my guests this, although I haven't because I've only just come up with it in the last couple of days. <laughs> if you had to have sex with an animal, if you, had to, <laughs> if you had to, but you could choose any animal, which animal would you have sex with if you had to? I would have sex with a tiger. Wow, straight in. She's actually, I think that's, yeah. she's thought about it before. Why, why the tiger? I went to, well, I went to see them at London Zoo the yeah. other day. I had a backstage tour. Oh, did you? I was offered this, but I couldn't go. Oh, it's unbelievable. You're doing the same I'm gig doing as this me. benefit gig for oh, Tigers. Yeah. And they take you back. So we went and we did like there was breakfast with the Backstage at the, the zoo. Yeah. Are you sort of implying the zoo is uh, <laughs> some kind of performance? Yeah. Backstage, the tigers all sitting around going, oh, yeah, I did pretty well. I prowled around. There was a little kid by the glass. I went, ah. I just threw it in. I thought yesterday's crowd were better, though, really. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, and it's amazing. You go and went right up close to the tigers, and they were eating a horse. They were eating a bloody horse, and it was Shit. unbelievable. And it was someone sexy. must have got sacked that day. <laughs> in the zoo. <laughs> there aren't horses in the zoo. That's the thing, you know. So, uh, but it was, yeah, it was. No, really there aren't now. Now the tigers. <laughs> now they put them in with the tigers. But yeah, it's, that I just find that sexy. I'm yeah. sorry, but there's something about. I mean, don't go. Don't you snort. At least she was not like she came and volunteered. I forced her to say which animal she'd have sex with. Admit she's gone on a bit, a bit with a bit too much relish. <laughs> More than the lions? Is it the stripes that get attracted you to the tigers? Or They've the got kinder eyes. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to have, this is another question. I'm trying out two questions that I ask everyone Go on, to see which ones. And I've been quite interested to ask Mick Foley this one tomorrow. Uh, which Who did you, you get instead of Brendan Burns? Uh, well, Simon Munnery luckily kind of was near, oh, near enough by. Yeah. But he was actually doing his other show, so he had to. Come on, he was slightly, uh, he was sli slightly perspiring. Oh, uh, so nice. he, he walked up and he thought quite quickly, and uh, <laughs> it was, you know, it's very exciting to have to interview someone, you know, because I prepare very hard for these uh, interviews, I've as seen you that, probably yeah. noticed, and yeah. so I had to kind of just think on my feet and make up questions for that yesterday. God, what I was, was going to ask, like? you know, Simon, how was it when you got sacked from ITV 2s I'm a celeb to get me out of here extra. Uh, <laughs> that would have been Brendan Burns, you see. Um, my other question I'm asking everyone is, uh, if you had to have sex, they're all about sex. That's my fine, questions. That's fine. Yeah, basically all of the questions, but isn't every Everything. Uh, if you had to have sex with one of the monsters or aliens from Doctor Who, which which of those? Uh, I don't think there's a tiger one. There might be. Oh God! You see, I don't really know. I mean, that's I why it's a hard question. Imagine Mick Foley's going to be. Confused. Yeah. Well, hey, when I asked Mick Foley, he's a wrestler. Right? He's a gigantic wrestler that I don't have know nothing about. I think I'm. I think that's tomorrow. Is it Wednesday tomorrow? Yes. I'm thinking I'm interviewing him tomorrow. A, you know, he's not going to... Um, if I go, what animal would you have sex with? If you're gonna have sex, he's not going to understand that's a joke, is he? He's going to go, I'm, he's going to be furious for me and pummel me. And he's like, I'm going to be destroyed. I'm going to ask him for a fight. I bet he'll say tiger. He might do. We'll see. Well, tiger is winning so far, because I don't think anyone else has been as forthcoming in answering it. <laughs> it can be like... No one a, else has given it the thought. It can be like an, a species or like a specific animal. I'm kind of hoping someone will go for... A, if I could have sex with any animal, it would be Bouncer from <laughs> Neighbours. <laughs> When he was young, I'm not a pervert. <laughs> not that young. <laughs> when he was of average age for a Labrador. Um, 
don't know why Bouncer from Neighbours just popped into my head. Do you, do you not know well, any of the Doctor Who, Doctor Who monsters? Uh, well, the only thing I can think of was some children in gas masks. <laughs> I'm going to have to stick with that. You're going to have to go with it. <laughs> that's the only thing. I, I've only, no, you see, I'm not, I, I don't know. I mean, I presume some of the older ones would have been quite hot. Yeah. In that kind of 70s, it was slightly David Bowie-ish. Well, I went round the Doctor Who exhibition in Cardiff when I was in Cardiff oh, or yeah. Edinburgh and you know there are some there are some sexy ones most of the old ones aren't very sexy but they have there's a sexy lizard one a Silurian or something else. is that right what's wrong with you you must like Doctor Who <laughs> you must like Doctor Who it's either Doctor Who or children that you like if you're sitting in the front row so I would say Doctor Who quickly do you like Doctor Who yeah do you like Doctor Who yeah and she's even a girl one she likes it do you like Doctor Who no do you like Doctor Who yeah so that's the, the new girl who's been brought along and is regretting being brought along. <laughs> and I didn't realise I'd have to like Doctor Who. Surely Do you like Doctor Who? Not really, I don't really like well, it. This either. lady here who does like it, which alien monster anything would you have sex with? Well, think about it. Think, we'll they come back to you later. Well, which Doctor Who, let me turn it back here, which Doctor Who would you have sex with? Um, well, I would have sex with... Yesterday I'd Oh, hang on, she can do this one. She can do this one. David Tennant. David, David Tennant, Tennant is nice. I have, I've had sex with one of the Doctor Who assistants, but I'm not revealing which one it is. Because <laughs> I, li I like to keep... That was one of the is questions. Is it K9? Yesterday. <laughs> that was what someone said to me yeah. yesterday. Uh, yes, but so I, uh, out of the Doctor well, Who's... Well, I I've have kissed a Doctor Who. Have you? Come on, let's raise the stakes That is here. pretty good. Yeah, I've kissed a Doctor Who. Which Doctor Who have you kissed? I'm not going to tell you. Wow. What, properly kissed, like, in sexy... Tongues mm. and everything. Mm. Yeah, yeah, wow. That is, that is better. Unless, <laughs> unless it was William Hartnell. <laughs> <laughs> in which case Sylvester it's deeply McCoy. wrong Sylvester McCoy I'll tell you now it was Sylvester McCoy <laughs> oh, it was Wurzel Gummidge yeah, that yeah. Was, do you know Wurzel Gummidge was set in Justin my husband he always says he's not posh mm. and he always says why do you keep telling people I'm posh I'm not posh but Wurzel Gummidge was set in the village that he grew up in wow so that's posh isn't it that is posh do you think it's affected him <laughs> <laughs> well his brother was in it his brother oh, really? is, is uh, yeah there's a little clip of his brother singing <laughs> in, uh, in Wurzel Gummidge is Justin uh, jealous of that Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Well, because he got, like, I think he got five pounds. Do you think that's why... Um, <laughs> Which still hurts to yeah. this David. Do you think Jimmy Savile uh, was having sex with young girls when he was uh, travelling around? Because this is the new story. This is a new story that's come... Broke I mean, Can I, I heard, tell you my Jimmy I heard, Savile story? Tell, me, tell us about it. I heard a lot worse things about Jimmy Savile than this, even. But this is the story that's come out in the papers. What's oh, your really? story? My yeah. story about Jimmy Savile is that when I was working on Mrs Merton, we booked him on the show, and uh, my friend Ben said to me, he also works in television he said oh listen when you've got Jimmy Savile on the show just be very careful um just don't put him in a dressing room with any drawers as in chest of drawers <laughs> and I was like what, what's that about and Ben said it's just really well known that Jimmy Savile likes to shit in drawers <laughs> and loads of people have, have experienced this where they you know they go into his dressing room afterwards and there's a turd in there and it, and um, and I of course like I was <laughs> I, I put him in a dressing room with as many drawers in it as I could find, <laughs> obviously, because I'm curious like that. And because uh, it's a horrible, you sort of think that it's a brilliantly niche thing, isn't it? Because <laughs> also, if you think about it, that chair he used to use that had a drawer in it. That's you know, <laughs> some poor child going, Jim fixed it for me to get a handful of his feces. Um, 
But of course, yeah, what happened was Jim came on, did the show, and I didn't get the chance to go back to the dressing room for ages because he, he, he went out, he got his car to drive him back to Leeds. And then I went into the dressing room and checked all the drawers, and there was no poo. Aww. And it was the most disappointed I'd ever been by a man not shitting in a drawer. Do you think that your friend was just making that up, though? That is such a... I'd have put him in a room with very, very high drawers, just right, right around the... T- so he'd had to erect some... Either do it in his hand and put it up, put it up manually, or kind of get some kind of step ladder arrangement where he could... Do you think he had sex with loads of... Do you think he tried to groom young girls? That's what everyone's saying now. That's in the mail. and They're doing a TV show about it. The truth's coming out or not, or just loads of lies. Now he's dead and can't defend himself. It's awful. Himself. That is awful. Well, there's a really horrible clip I saw on a, pro- a program when the Nolans were on top of the pops, and like Colleen Nolan was the little one. She was 14 and she wasn't in the band at the time. And the band are on, and he's up on a balcony somewhere, basically almost groping her, but not quite, sort of holding, hugging her, and and it's really horrible. It is. Well, there's sort of that that kind of uh, casual paedophilia was quite in in yeah. the 70s wasn't it that's the sort of <laughs> but because it was that you know I don't know when I grew up as well there was always that thing of this sort of yes older men would go oh you're blooming love oh you know and you'd go oh, oh that. and I don't think that's acceptable these days but there was always yeah. like a friend of my mum and dad's who used to when uh, at Christmas when he came round and we were cracking nuts he'd always lose the nutshell down the side of the chair that I was in and then go oh I better get this back and it's like you go oh you Pervy yeah. old bastard. It was happier times, wasn't it, in the seventies when you could, do, you were allowed to do that. <laughs> now it's frowned upon. <laughs> I have to say, the, my only story like that is um, uh, Dave Lee Travis did once. I don't know whether intentionally or accidentally grab my boob. Wow. So uh, let's put <laughs> did, that out there. Did he kind of run towards you and grab it and run <laughs> off? Oh, what situation were you in? He where was, well, I smoked at that time. Right. And, uh, and he was talking about my lungs. And he said, oh, darling, you're clogging up your little lungs. And then gradually my lungs <laughs> became something. I think that so. was intentional. Well, who knows? I mean, I don't like to besperch his good character. He seems like <laughs> such a lovely man. Uh, but yeah, I, so I don't know. I don't know about you. Well, you know, Dave Lee Travis is only a human being. <laughs> and you know he's a, hum- a man with a man's name. How old were you when he was doing that to you? Oh, I mean legal. Legal, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Is it? Le- it's never legal to feel a lady's bosom never, unless she wants it to be felt. Never. And that's a very important message for all of my listeners. Mind you, most of them will never get a chance to even feel one. <laughs> never get close enough. <laughs> I mean, if they're paedophiles, they're probably repulsed by they the, the idea, idea of breasts. Anyway, breasts so it's fine. I'm unless, just going with your unless a baby is you know suckling on it at the time. <laughs> Oh, Richard Herring. <laughs> do you know what is bad? I feel like I've encouraged you to this, you did. haven't I? I? I had to push it further. Uh, you you lay down the gauntlet and I had to, you did, I had you to did. take it up. Have you been to see any shows? Do you go and see shows? I've, I've been to see one show. What show have you uh, seen? Which was Joe Caulfield in here uh, in the evening. It was brilliant. I want to get Joe on here, but she's doing a play as well, isn't she? And that's at the same time. Which apparently is very good, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Is it Coalition? Coalition, she's in yeah. yeah, with like Tom Tuck and Simon she's, uh, and uh, Yes. What's her, what's her show? Is her show? Does her show have a theme or is it? Uh, uh, it's called Thinking Bad Thoughts and it's yes. her being a bit wrong, which I always <laughs> enjoy. Not as wrong as you. No. That, I think, you know, yeah, Peter. Anyway, uh, uh, it's, it's not that wrong, but it's, no. uh, it's very funny. And so there are, I, mean, I think this year, more than any other year, there is a, a ma- va- ma- massive swathe of fantastic 
female comedians. Oh, shut Do you up. not think? Shut up. Do you not up. think this is the yes, year? Yes, there are. There are but they've been le- it's been like that for loads of years. Has, Please don't even talk more so. about it. It's so boring. It isn't. It's interesting. It's not interesting at all. And everyone talks about it all the time. <laughs> and you go, yes, I've got a vagina. I don't care. <laughs> it, it's quite, it, you know. It, yeah, no. I mean, there are loads of brilliant comics. But they have been for years and years and years yeah, and years. Right. And I just, it just, I don't know. And the more you talk about it, it just, it, honestly, because before you do the festival, people sort of send you. Because journalists, they're so lazy now. You don't. They don't even phone you to interview. They send you a list of questions. And I just spent the whole like couple of weeks before the festival just going fuck off, fuck off, <laughs> fuck off. It's all. How did you get into comedy? Why is it harder for women? And you're like, oh, just please shut up. Okay. Sorry, that was. I feel no, no, that was sorry, a lot was more aggressive than I intended. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't realise it was. I thought, thought I was doing a good person trying to help girls out because they're not as good as blokes. Because you're a feminist, yeah. Not as good. I thought I'd pretend they were as good, and then and then it, people would like me because I said women were good. It's good of you to have me on good. this podcast. It actually. is very nice. It's very, it's you're, you're such a feminist. I am. You're I even married to a lady I'm, comic. I'm, that's how. That's how much I like women. I will. Female comics. I would try and have sex with as many of them as possible to to show in the hope that I can somehow transfer my funniness <laughs> even if it's to the next generation uh, <laughs> it's, uh, do you know what's interesting I was thinking about the festival as well is how many men come and see all the women comics there's a definite thing yeah. and I know like male comics you, you've sort of gone oh they've always had groupies uh, but yeah there's loads of men who go I'm coming to see you and I'm seeing Joe <laughs> Caulfield and I'm seeing Sarah Kendall and I'm seeing Katie Wilkins don't tell her husband and, uh, and it's, yeah, it's amazing there's just there are men who dig Big chicks who do comedy. Yeah. Perving off them all coming to watch feminist shows <laughs> whilst sexually objectifying the women on stage. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I'm into. Right, so um <laughs> God. I I'll, I'll apologise. I'm not gonna edit it out, but I'll just say sorry. <laughs> I didn't really mean any of that. So um uh, We should have kept this we should have stopped at Jimmy Savile shitting. We should draw, that was we? there was no way back, was there? There was no way to there was no way to top Jimmy Savile <laughs> shitting in a drawer. We'll go away and have a think about it. We might, uh, in fact, have a little break now. Uh, as we well, not a break. It's not like me and Lucy are going to have a break. We're not. The rest of you aren't. Uh, we're going to have our stand up now. Marcus, who is our guest, was uh, the stand up on the Lost podcast from the first series that really was pretty much unlistenable. Did anyone manage? Did anyone listen to the Phil Nickel Marcus Birdman podcast all the way through last time? No, so even the stalwart people who come here didn't do that. Uh, so hopefully it will work today. I've got it backed up on the Tascam, so hopefully you'll get to hear this. He is fantastic. Will you please welcome the incredible Marcus Birdman? Hello. How are you doing? Are you well? Good. I don't know whether to sit down or not. I don't know. Shall I? Could do, I suppose. Um, that seems appropriate. Why not? Uh, it's a warm chair. Hello. Um, I uh, was on the Lost podcast last year, and uh, I'm going to do the same stuff as I did then. <laughs> uh, so that nobody misses out on anything, if that's all right. Um, I, I, I'll tell you about my show, if that's all right. I, I'm doing a show upstairs. And there's a flyer's probably on everybody's table. And uh, so, OK, well, I'll tell you what happened. I, 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 uh, l- last year, I, ha- I had a stroke. Um, now, I'm going to talk about this for a bit. Don't worry. Uh, it ends well. Um, and uh, I'll talk about it for a bit and then I'll lighten the mood with a great joke about me knob um, and so I'll tell you exactly what happened right? I've been drinking uh, and um, you know if you drink a bit you start too early right? sort of you know, breakfast or something like that and then you've really got to commit haven't you otherwise your sort of hangover catches up with you and, uh, and this is what happened to me right? so I went to bed with really rather a large headache uh, and, and I woke up in the morning 
and uh, a quarter of my vision had completely gone, right? Now, I'll be honest with you people, uh, I thought uh, it was a hangover. Now, I think it says quite a lot about the British attitude towards drinking. <laughs> that you can mistake a fucking stroke <laughs> for a hangover, right? Oh, I'm gonna, I'll be on right a minute, just need to fry up. No, I can't see anything, it's perfectly normal, just need to make a sandwich, right? Typical bloke, uh, I did absolutely nothing about it for three days. Right? <laughs> that'll clear up, that'll be fine, right? And, uh, and was persuaded by, by my partner to, to, go, to go and get it sorted out, right? So, so I went to an optician's uh, to get it sorted out, and I had my eyes tested, and I said, is this going to get any worse? And, and he said, I would not like it, this is a fucking butcher's. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> And, uh, and so, and so I, I, uh, but the butcher said to me uh, the words that I hope you never hear uh, and I've never heard. He said, I don't want to alarm you, but you should probably go to hospital right now, right? Which, which of course, never alarmed me. So, so I went to hospital, I, I had a brain scan, and I got the results back, and it was a female doctor who gave me the results, and she said, uh, you've had a stroke, which was ridiculous for somebody so young. Now, my first thought uh, was, ooh, she thinks I'm quite young. Which was delightful uh, for a man who was 40. And the second thought, my, my friend had just been previously diagnosed uh, with a brain tumour the previous week, so I was very anxious about this, uh, of course. Uh, and I, I sort of convinced myself in my own hypochondria this is what happened to me. So when she said to me, you've had a stroke, honestly, my reaction was, oh, thank God for that. No, so now she thinks, who's this nutter? <laughs> And, and I had basically to go for loads of tests to see why uh, at 40 I, I had a, a stroke. Because I was a very fit uh, uh, person, I, I mean, I, certainly for a comedian, which I know is a bit like being tallest dwarf. Um, but um, I was pretty fit, and, and, why, and I kept going for loads of tests. Uh, and uh, and now let me put this into some form of context. I, I'm a huge hypochondriac as well. My, my, my mother always said I was a hypochondriac. Uh, and my girlfriend, who's from Newcastle, is always telling me I'm a hypochondriac, the least sympathetic person on the planet. Pain! Fucking pain! You never nurse your fucking bond till you push dude a ten pound burn, you southern soft shandy drinking cunt! This fucking now rot, there's generations of my fucking family give their eye fucking teeth to be caught the fucking blind! There's now fucking wrong with your man! What do you think, doctor? So. <laughs> so I had to uh, go and get tests and, and, and kept getting letters from the hospital and, uh, and of course people of a certain generation were. were Remember letters. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? How old are you, may I ask? 36. 36. We all remember a letter, right? I mean, how, how old are you? Can I ask you a question? 23. 23. See, see I'm, I'm old enough to be your killer. <laughs> and, um, and, and the thing about your generation is, 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 forgive me, but you don't know what a sort of personal letter is. They were very exciting, weren't they? In anticipation, you get a letter from, from your loved one or whatever, and it would smell of her perfume, and you would snaffle it away in secret, and inside it would say something lovely like, I'm, I'm here, <laughs> thinking of fucking you. Delightful. Now the only letters I get from my bank, and they say things like, we're here. <laughs> Thinking of fucking you. <laughs> and and uh, now the only letters I get rather are from, my, from a hospital saying, come for this test, come for that test. And the, and the first test I, I have, I think probably I've only got time to explain this one, is I had a blood test. Uh, and Now, who, who's um, given blood here? Yeah, a few people. I mean, of course, you know, uh, uh, why not? A, a very good thing to do. And I thought... Like yourselves, it would be an easy thing to do. Cup of tea, biscuit, wallop, in, out, right? But it doesn't work like that, does it? They ask, it's the same with the blood test. They ask all these searching questions. First question, have you ever been an intravenous drug user? I'm like, woo. <laughs> judgy, judgy. <laughs> Next question, have you ever had anal sex with a man? Woo. 
10 o'clock. <laughs> These are serious questions, of course. I better at least look as if I'm giving them some serious thought. So I sort of went... No, right? Now he thinks I'm bluffing, right? He went, <laughs> he went are you sure? Yes, because I think anal sex is something you're going to remember. So, I mean, I'm getting on a bit. I forget stuff all the time. Keys, wallet, oh, look, a cock in my ass. <laughs> Raul, I completely forgot you were there. Um, I think that's my time. That's probably what I have time for, I think. Uh, and uh, uh, this flyer's on the table, and, and uh, some, uh, uh, my lovely uh, uh, friend will give a flyer out at the end as well. But uh, thank you very much for your time. It's been nice to speak to you. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> And for those of you at home, you won't have flyers on your table. Uh, <laughs> if you have, it'll be freaky as fuck. Uh, Marcus Birdman, Love, Life and Death, 9.20 uh, to the stand two. Do go and see him. Fantastic. And hopefully that has worked this time. Uh, so we, uh, anything, anything, anything you want to ask me about? Anything? Uh, any, we've got like a couple of minutes for the competition. Are you still, are you still watching Hollyoaks? Uh, no, I don't. See, this, th my life has changed. I've genuinely grown up a small amount. I don't watch. I you don't watch Hollywood. Everything watching you watching Hollywood <laughs> in, your, in your dressing gown, cheering Edinburgh, the greatest cultural event of the year, and you're watching Hollyoaks. Yeah, perving. I was not perving. I was interested in the storylines. <laughs> they were fantastic. You thought no. Will Meller was a fine actor no, and enjoyed his performance. No, I've, no, I used to watch. I used to watch things like Shipwrecked and stuff like that. And then you know, suddenly it's gone. There's, you get older. You get beyond forty, and suddenly youth becomes a continent that you can no longer. There was a time I could swim to it and watch Hollyoaks. <laughs> now the, the continents have drifted too far <laughs> apart, and I can't get back into Hollyoaks. No, well then, because now I did watch a bit of T4 the other yeah. day, and they had a. It was a one of these whatever they call, you know, like the only way is Essex sort of structured reality or whatever. And it was about some people going to a festival. And it was, it was the biggest celebration of dicks you've ever <laughs> seen. It was just, it's an amazing thing. And it's lovely. It is that lovely thing where you go, I love being old because these are the kind of people I would have to be interacting with if I wasn't. <laughs> and, uh, oh my God, yeah, it was brilliant. It was sponsored by Blackberry as well. Right. So they all have Blackberry phones all the time. And, oh, God, yeah, really, like, I'm going to write some material about it because obviously it's not funny now. But then you'll have children, they'll grow up, and then they'll, you'll have to watch all this stuff with them. They're not going to grow up. They're not, okay, good. <laughs> I'm going to keep them in uh, a sort of Oh, thank God, I thought you were going to kill them. But <laughs> <laughs> well, this was the first thing in your... <laughs> it would make a great show. <laughs> <laughs> I murdered my kids. Edinburgh 2047. Uh, so <laughs> and the subsequent... Imprisonment. Okay, so um, we'll have a competition. We'll do the competition. Okay. And what, what we're going to do is you've got a chance to win some tickets to Will Hodgson. Brilliant. Kidnapped by Catwoman. This is meant to be uh, one of his best shows ever, actually, and he is a fantastic yes, comedian. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Vladimir McTavish and Keir McAllister. They may be Scottish, these two guys. <laughs> Look at the state of Scotland. And uh, they are lovely. They are fantastic. They're they lovely are guys. brilliant people. Um, and all the other stuff I mentioned before. Do go to gofasterstrike.com. Do buy tickets to uh, the shows of all the people you hear on this podcast. If you're in Edinburgh or you can see me on tour if you're not in Edinburgh, go to richardherring.com. Find out all about my tour if you want. Oh, I love Lucy. the way you're looking at me. Yeah, no, like I thought, you might, I thought you might want to come and see my show for once <laughs> in your fucking life. Um, 
<laughs> we don't. We don't. We I, I, we all nearly always on at the same time. I think. But we, I very very rarely have seen any of your Edinburgh shows. I know. Well, this year because I'm on at tea time. Yeah, I can come and see you. So I would be able to come and see you if I wanted to. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to come and see you. So one day I'm going to come and see Simon Munry and then you in a row. And not Phil Jupiter's. You're going to leave. Uh, I might leave by Phil Jupiter's because I've got to get back and oh, yeah, put the enough, podcast okay. up. Nothing personal. Okay. Yeah, I don't really Good. like him. Yeah. I, had, I, had, I had the chance to uh, uh, drive round uh, Bolivia with him or somewhere. Oh, for World's Most Dangerous yeah, Roads. Yeah. Uh, all comedians are being asked to do yeah. this. I turned, it, I turned it down. Yeah, no, I turned it down. Well, I, yeah, I was like, as a responsible mother of two, I couldn't <laughs> do that, and I'm shit at driving. I'm so really shit at driving. Really that was my main problem. Yeah. I like to pretend it's... Uh, I, I'm pretending it's because I don't like Phil Jupiter's, and I do really like Phil Jupiter's, <laughs> but it's because I was too scared to drive. Well, you're scared of aeroplanes uh, flying over yeah. so... <laughs> I'm terrified of everything. Okay. I love the idea, just the idea of that moment of vulnerability <laughs> genuinely on stage, yeah. you shitting yourself at a plane. <laughs> which, uh, see, I would have come to see your show, but it's never going to be as funny as it that. <laughs> uh, well, it's going to happen every day, so I can kind of start to engineer it. I can sort of build up <laughs> reserves, <laughs> eat a lot of beans. Um, no, the audience not impressed by... <laughs> No copper files in today. So what we're going to do, uh, to win these things, you need to answer some true or false questions. There aren't many of you in. There's a good chance of winning. Uh, so everyone needs to stand up. Uh, and if we're going to make some statements that can be true or false. If you think they're true, put your hands on your head. If you think they're false, put your hands on your bottom, the seat of all, false, all falsehood. And if you get it wrong, you have to sit down. Whoever's left at the end will win. Um, so let me think. I, do, I never prepare anything here. Uh, have you got one? I do? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Collins was no. invited to Richard Herring's wedding. Wow, true or false? True or false. Ooh. Uh, Cliff's I like think, that. Cliff's thinking about it. There's, it's divided the audience a little bit. Is that true or false? I saw him he there. Is true. He might not have been invited. He was invited, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. So sit down if you said false. Um, uh, Andrew Collins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot about him that I could reveal. I should, but then he knows a lot about me that he could reveal. Uh, I tell you what, I'll do one about me. I have had sex uh, with one of the former Blue Peter presenters. Is that true or false? Well, that's divide them again. I'm pretty good at dividing them. Uh, it's false. I would love to have sex with Janet Ellis, my guest, on Sunday, okay. and I'm hoping to do so. So if I ask that question next week, hopefully. <laughs> It'll be a different answer. I might just slip it in and then we'll see, so to speak. The, answer, the, question, the question, Cliff. You got that one right. Have you got another one? I have punched Brendan Burns. True or false? Who hasn't? <laughs> I don't think I have. Is that true or false? It's false. Ah. I've punched Dara O'Brien. Wow, have you? Why did you do that? Because <laughs> I like a challenge. <laughs> I'll fuck a tiger and I'll punch Dara O'Brien. Cool. Hey, the, well, how many people left in just three? You on that's Jerry. He doesn't count. There's two people. Uh, so we'll go, we're going to do, it's not going to be true or false, it's going to, that's, we did very well, well done, those are very good questions, <laughs> you did better than I did. Um, uh, how much do I weigh according to the Virgin Active Gym in, uh, scales in kilograms? Uh, you're going you're gonna to have to give an answer. Hundred and sixty. Hundred and seventy. Hundred and seventy. That was. Uh, <laughs> 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 Do you want to? Yeah. I just fucking you're not fucking winning. I can tell you that. <laughs> Do you want to have a go in kilograms? I'll give you it in stones if you want stones yeah. and pounds. Okay. Um, stones. I'm just doing a dance. 14. How many? Fourteen. Fourteen stone. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? 
Thirteen twelve. You're both wrong, but you are closer. I am, according to the Virgin Actor Gym, I am thirteen and a half stone. And then you did a fart, and, and it took it right down. <laughs> Is that my phone or your phone going off? That's uh, someone else's, was it? Well, yes, it wasn't mine. Good. Well, you've won, sir, because it's uh, it's for eighty-six kilograms. Is the correct? Uh, so well done. You win. Um, yeah, it's interesting, wasn't it? Uh, so you win all the. <laughs> You win all of this stuff, uh, but you don't go away empty-handed, Mr. 100 fucking kilogram. 100, 128. That's for you. What's your name, sir? Andy. Andy, congratulations. I hope you can enjoy the show. You can have tickets. Uh, oh, and I'll give you a, a USB drive as well. There you go. A stand USB drive. We're here at the stand. I uh, hope you enjoy the sh- the, those shows. We've done all right. That's it. That's the, that's, the, that's the podcast over. It was a slightly anticlimactic end with uh, <laughs> the guest, the weight of the Richard Herring. I'm doing sort of fairground things to end with. If you're interested, because uh, usually I ask how many uh, laps I did at the swimming pool at that stage, uh, I did 20. So if, I know there will be people doing s- statistics, <laughs> trying to work out. So I did 14, and then I did 27, then I did 20. It's hard to know, isn't it, how many I'm going to do. I was pretty tired, and I managed 20. But there's also, there is spurring me on when I'm swimming the idea that I might have to reveal how many laps I've done <laughs> that makes me do a few more than I would have... <laughs> would have done when I wanted to give up at about nine yesterday. Uh, so anyway, will you please give a, fan, a big round of applause to our fantastic guest, Lucy Porter, ladies and gentlemen, there she is, Thank she's beautiful. And uh, Marcus Birdman, do come and see their shows, www.gofasterstripe.com. Go and buy stuff, Lucy Porter's DVD is fantastic. Thank you very much, goodbye.